Welcome to the Level Up Your Life podcast, where we discuss all things that help make your life easier. I'm Mentor Molly here with Laura Lemonade and special guest, oh, this is a good one, a brilliant business strategist. She teaches principles which are useful in aiming for a more fulfilled life. So these are business principles, but I think we're going to be able to find some ways to apply them to your life, even if you're not in business. She's the CEO and founder of Abiding Strategy, a leadership consulting practice started in 09. Um, As an author and expert keynote speaker on the topic of using strategy to build better business, we can't wait to hear from her. And you guys, all, Mm -hmm. all of our listeners, you get the privilege of hearing from the one, the only Lisa Harrington. Welcome, Lisa. Oh, welcome. Thank you. We're so glad you're here. Me too. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) So um, I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, I am a strong believer that everyone needs a good strategy to achieve their goals, whether in business or working to achieve personal goals. After reading your book, I feel that you give good, practical, and valuable advice that can be applied both in business and everyday life. Can you just tell us a little bit about your background and what was it that inspired your decision to start your own consulting practice? Oh, sure. I'd be happy to do that. Um, I think I should first say that I'm a military brat, which probably led, yeah, probably led to some, uh, some of the ways I do things and the way my life has gone. I've I've been very adaptable. You know, we moved a lot and my dad was in the army. And so as a small child, I thought that was normal. I thought everybody moved every (laughs) day. I'm sure that gave me some flexibility, you know, in life. And then I, um, Went to college at Ball State. I got a management degree. I always knew from the age of six years old that I wanted to be a boss, a manager, a business ah. person. My, yeah, I'm actually sitting at my grandfather's 100-plus-year-old oak desk that I would play at when I was six years old, more more decades ago than I'll admit. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I would cut paper and staple and Grandma would say, oh, honey, you'll make a good secretary someday. And I would say, oh, no, Grandma, I'm going to be the boss. Oh, yeah, I do. loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, and then, so that led me to, you know, I thought business would be great. I thought management would be great because I could go into any industry. Um, I did a long stint in insurance before I opened my own practice and, um, and met my husband, gosh, 25 years ago almost now. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So supportive. He's so supportive of the fact that I'm now independently employed. He's just wonderful about it. I'm a woman of faith. I'm a Lutheran. I don't have children, but I have lots of animals. And one of my books is all about my animals. So that's a really fun thing. Yeah, for me, it was a really fun book to write. It's all about, you know, how my animals taught me leadership skills. So yeah, it's just a fun way to do it. So it's called Taking in Strays. Leadership mm-hmm. lessons from unexpected places. Aww. And all of our listeners listening, we will have in the description, if you haven't seen it already, links to Lisa's stuff. So links to <laughs> you know, all of her things. So if you want to get a hold of your hands on any of the things that she's going to be talking about, click on that link and we'll get you connected. I think there's something to be said about taking in strays, um, having to deal with those types of situations where they, these are, this is an animal that needs your love and attention. Mm-hmm. And they can teach us a lot. I hadn't thought yeah. of that. Before. Well, they've been mm-hmm. through things be- prior to mm-hmm. their introduction with you, just like employees or business partners. You know, they've been through things, rocky waters sometimes before yep. they get to you. And you have to figure out how are you going to work together? So I can see yeah. definitely how that could relate. I want to move forward here a little bit. Your book, Build Your Best Business Foundation, and it is filled with advice that I found helpful, not only in applying a business, but it's, it's helpful in using to build a life you want. And mm-hmm. I love the word you use, abiding strategy. Um, explain to our listeners what 
abiding means to you? Why did you choose the word abide? Oh, that's, that's a great question. Thanks. We, my business name, the DBA I use, is Abiding Strategy because I want everybody to know that strategy matters in, in their business, in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed something that tied to who I was as a person. So mm-hmm. it was actually June of, of 2020 in the pandemic when I decided to rebrand the business. Oh, um, good time I had, to rethink oh, about things. <laughs> well, why not, right? I had the time, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, so I had opened the business and it's still le- the legal name. It's still Sapphire Enterprises, LLC. That didn't really describe what I do. Well, when I had decided to go full-time in 2018, I was still sort of playing with how to identify myself to the world. And I was at home in June, of the, right after we were able to travel again from the pandemic. I was back in Indiana visiting my father. He asked me about my favorite verse in the Bible, which is, John 8 32 uh, I don't know if you know it but it says if you know the truth the truth will set you free oh, but the opening I think, yeah, yeah I love that one and I love living in the truth that way so the opening phrase though for that is if you abide in my word you will know the truth and the truth will set you free well so I got thinking about abiding and when someone works with me to build their strategy I wanted them to know that it would be something that would last something that would endure um, something that they could that they could keep and use and update forever. That it was yeah. a long a long play, right? That's what I was looking for. So the word abide just fit, and of course, strategy is what I do. In fact, a lot of people say I'm an executive coach, but when yeah. I describe it myself, when I put it down on paper, I say strategy coach oh. because really that's what I'm going after for people. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, kind of that background. How do you get places? Um, how do people think through things is always so curious mm-hmm. to me. Um, like in your book, you're talking about building that sound foundation and you, you instruct people to answer two questions. Who are we and why do we exist? Elaborate on those questions. Why are they so important? What can our listeners use those questions you know, for their life goals, for example? I live in the very, very foundational um, concepts like we're all human. Mm-hmm. And we are not changing that, you know, there's all sorts <laughs> of theories out there about how, you know, how stuff works. But the fact is, we've got to start with our humanness, with our internal selves, with our brains, too. I'm a very casual student of brain science as well. And I uh, feel like we have to know who we are and develop some kind of inner compass, not just for our businesses, but for ourselves. And so you'll see in the book, the, in the second book, the the Abiding Strategies Build Your Business Foundation. That one is all about how to identify the values of your company because that's what identifies you to the world. It tells the world who you are. So Mm -hmm. we go through an exercise of who you are equates to the values you live by. How well do you live by them? But also, can you even articulate them? Can you describe who you are in terms of your values? And I think that's really important in life. I, I made a purpose statement for myself when I opened the business even before I'd built my own strategy and all that, um, because I wanted to be able to, uh, to, to have a compass, a guidepost, maybe call it yeah. a lighthouse even, to live by for myself. And, and you know, when I'm out there within business and doing my thing as a business owner, what's going to guide me? And for mine, it's truth, grace, service. Uh, I really, gratefulness, gratitude. I really, uh, I really emphasize friendship because I think a good friend will hold you accountable and accountability yes. is a big deal. <laughs> so yeah, it really is. It's, it's amazing how many people say, Oh yeah, I'm going to do all this stuff, but they have no one to help them, you know, keep Agreed. forward. Yeah. Well, and you're so building that, that focus where there's so many things that come at us, you know, whether it's through our faith or through our business or through our personal life, 
where things are coming at us and it's hard to sometimes disseminate what are the things that I want to focus on? What mm -hmm. are the things that um, I want to put energy into, especially when they're things that are emotionally driven? Maybe they're, they're hurtful things or hard mm -hmm. things. Um, having something to kind of fall back on. It sounds like you know, your purpose statement is that, that thing to fall back on and say, okay, does this align with what I'm doing? Is this the exactly. thing to focus on? That's brilliant. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And then the second step, of course, is why am I doing it? So what I like to say is that the why question is sort of your legacy statement. How is the world going to be different in 50 years because I was here? Mm -hmm. That's why you're here. What, what are you trying to impact? What are you trying to leave behind in the world? That's what I call the why or the vision of, of anybody's business or life. And, you know, it, that ranges. There's, there's maybe several whys. Um, certainly if, if you have children, that would, you know, that's a why. If you have mm -hmm. employees that, whose families you help support, that's a why. If you, you know, if you're in a business that helps the world in one way or another, whether it's a nonprofit or an environmental business, or, or if it's just about being a really good capitalist and making lots of money so people can take that money home and feed their families, mm -hmm. you know, pick your thing that's your passion. You know, what's the change I want to see in the world and how am I going to impact that? Or how does the business I'm already running impact that? And if you think about it that way and you actually start articulating it, writing it down, thinking it through, you'll get even more focus, you know, on, on what to do next. You need to be intentional. That's my yes, word of the yes. year. My 2022 well, year is intentional. Be intentional about your focus and what you're doing and how you're moving forward. So. I love that's your word this year. That was my word last year. Really? No yeah, kidding. That's so that's fun. Funny. I don't yeah. know too many people that pick words for their year. So you're, you're in a small know, category. Yeah. I'm, I'm even more enamored with you, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> that is, that is, that I love that too. And being in really intentional because this year I've said, I want to be intentional with my time, but there is a sense of clarity that you get when you know, when you're asking that question, why, why do we exist? Why are, why is this existing? Whether that's in your business or what are, what are Even you personal life? Yeah. yeah. Personal life. One thing that really stood out to me about your, in your book here was time commitment. Um, I think people underestimate myself is a big one. The amount of time that it will take to really build their foundations to achieve their goals. So how does somebody set a realistic timeline for their goals? What do you tell them? Most people want instant gratification. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> so it's easy to say, I want to do X, Y, Z, have three locations, have a hundred employees, yeah. lose a hundred pounds, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But, but breaking it down into uh, what do you do every day to yeah. get to that goal? That's one thing that I emphasize in the book. Key performance um, for, indicators comes to mind on that. K, KPIs. Yeah. Well, the other thing is there's a companion workbook on my website that goes with the book that you can get on wherever, Amazon or Barnes and Noble. But the companion workbook has the steps for after the plan is built, what do you do every day? Oh, and I, I put that out there for free, whether you buy my book or not, because huh. that's the place people miss. They, they, yes. They may make a plan, they put it on a bookshelf in their life or in their work, and then they never really go back to it because it feels overwhelming. It's so big, this well, goal they yeah. have. And it feels so like you do... accomplished that goal. Like, I made the plan. But yes. Yes. The plan but and staying on track yes. of the plan is the hard part. Yes. yes. And what do we do now? What's, what's the day-to-day -day at your desk or in your life that, that gets you to that goal? That's one thing is learning to break it down into steps. The other thing, though, I think most people are very um, – 
sort of pie in the sky or unrealistic about how long it should take to meet a goal. Mm -hmm. It's it's not about, it's actually not about getting to the goal. It's about always moving forward towards it. When I put too rigid of time constraints or goal restraints, depending on what it is, uh, and then then I don't meet them, I almost feel deflated. So I kind of like what Mm -hmm. you're saying here, Lisa, it's Mm -hmm. less about, hey, I need to accomplish this in a month and more about, Am I moving closer to the goal? And by that month time frame, can I check in and say, oh, look, I've made progress. Yes. Forward, onward, one foot in front of the other. Because even if you never make the goal, have you improved? Are you better? Is your business running better? Is your life better yeah. because you are trying this? Are you are you actually intentionally making the steps or have you not accomplished the goal because you really didn't do anything? And and that's a reality yeah. check too, you know. Sometimes yeah. people have to admit that they picked the wrong goal and scrap it and start yeah. over. And that's also fine. That's life. You know? Well, and maybe it's not the wrong goal, but maybe it's the wrong time for that goal too. <laughs> I yes, know I've, yeah. I've set things, um, you know, in, in my work performance where I thought that was going to be a goal, but then a monkey wrench came. You know, you didn't expect mm-hmm. something to happen, and now that has to change your focus, and you have to focus on that instead of whatever you planned. And the, you know, your goal gets put on the back burner. doesn't make it necessarily mm-hmm. a bad goal. It's just not the goal mm-hmm. for that time. That's right. It might be that it has to be deferred or delayed, but it's still there yeah. waiting yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. It's still there waiting for you. Because I think mm-hmm. sometimes we get hard on ourselves. We, we, we're hard on ourselves when we're thinking, oh, we didn't meet that goal last month because I got pulled off to the side with something else. But I like that you have that. It's waiting there for you. Yep. That's, mm-hmm. You can pick it up mm-hmm. when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can pick it up when you're ready. And sometimes, you know, sometimes um, you realize that you need to, to shift a little bit, but that doesn't mean that what you learned during that process wasn't valuable. In fact, yes. failure is one of the best ways to learn. So if you're not out there trying and you're not taking some risks, and frankly, if you're not just a little bit uncomfortable with how far you're stretching yourself, <laughs> yeah. you know, are you even doing it right? It, right. You know, is it even? Yeah. So. Well, and I think you really hit on something. I'm, I'm learning a lot about more about the Toyota way and Kata. And they're, they're kind of talking about that same thing. It's not, did you achieve that goal? It's what are you learning on, along the way? And what mm-hmm. tweaks, what's happening that makes you learn something new about what that problem is? Um, right. And how do you overcome those obstacles versus I'm getting to this goal? That goal may not be something you ever achieve, but how do I keep yeah. going in that direction and it's not necessarily about the goal, but it's about what you're learning along the way. Um, yeah, the, the, the Japanese car makers brought this to the U.S. decades ago. And it was oh. a, a Dr. Fleming, you might remember. Um, they call it Kaizen, the continuous yep. improvement idea. So I love that you're studying that because it's, it's still good today after That's all these cool. years. We're talking about work. We're talking about business. I love to empower and teach others, you know, especially those leaders that are underneath me. And I'm, I'm trying to help them down their path. Um, in your eyes, what are some of the steps that we can take to develop their leadership skills or people can take to develop their own leadership skills? Well, there's two words that I thought of um, as you were asking that. Read and listen. Read uh, and listen. Read and listen. There is so much good, good stuff out there about leadership. In fact, too much probably because it's hard yes. to read out. You know, <laughs> what should I read? What's a good philosophy? And there's one that I have read and reread over the years that I recommend to every client that they read it immediately. It's called First Break All the Rules. Mm-hmm. The author is Marcus Buckingham, and he led the charge to write the book. And it is a 20-year Gallup poll study 
about what makes businesses successful. And this is a 25-year-old study now, and wow. the Q12 engagement surveys come out of this book. It's just an amazing study, an actual study of great businesses and why they were great. Hmm. And the, it was the beginning of my genesis to opening a practice and having the hashtag build better bosses. Right? Oh, interesting. Nice. Mm -hmm, because the number one thing in that survey that they did all those years ago is the number one reason people stay and are productive in a job is because of their immediate boss. Yes. Do, do they like them? Do they not? Is it working? Number well? one reason so, why they leave too. <laughs> it is that so, indeed. And so yeah. Build Better Bosses kind of was born from that. That's great of reading. Any suggestions on that listen piece? There's a thousand books out there too about how to listen better. But the hardest thing for me is to not be thinking about my answer while the mm -hmm. other person is talking. Mm -hmm. So Agreed. what I've learned is to take to have a notebook, to tell the person that this is important to me, so I'm going to take notes. And to be able to write down my thoughts as they're talking so I can offload it out of my brain and really hear what they're saying. Yes. And the other the other listening trick is to is to say to the person, I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. Can I repeat it back to you to make sure that we're on the same page, that we're aligned, that I'm clear on what you want or what yeah. you need? Having that that simple awareness, paying attention to what's going on around you, thinking about it considering how it can apply and writing it down. You're so thoughtful in that. And I love that you said repeat back for clarity, because that's mm -hmm. something I found that um, helps me to understand what I'm doing or what's being asked of me too, that by the other mm -hmm. person. And I was like, oh good, I'm doing it right on that. <laughs> yeah, 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 you are. Well, have you ever driven home and you get home and you're like, how did I get here? Yeah. It's so routine, you forget. Oh, well, yeah. what happens when we're listening, our brains wanna be looking at everything else. And so mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're writing it down, you're focused better. What are a few of the top leadership traits that you look for in a leader, that define a leader? The, the first section of the Abiding Strategies book is a, a whole explanation of that. And the ones that just popped to mind right now are, that first of all and foremost, great communication skills. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you have to be able to speak and listen. You have to speak in a way that others can hear you and you have to listen well. Um, that requires good empathy. That's another one. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Being able to kind of put yourself in someone else's shoes and understand where they're coming from, whether it's a vendor or an employee or a client, obviously have to be visionary because if you can't see the future, how do you share that with your people? Yeah. And then being able to trust enough to delegate. I can't tell you how many CEOs I coach oh, yeah. that have said to me they don't delegate well. And we've had to work on that. And a lot of times it's about trust. It's about believing that the other person can do it as well as you, even if. Their method is different, which is an important yes. distinction. You know, same is not the same is always not good, and different is always not bad. So, ability to delegate. But I always start with communication because no matter how well you've got it in your head, if you can't communicate it to others, you're not going to make a great leader because they'll never know what you're thinking. And I love that you're able to sit down with CEOs and go through it and go, wait a minute, it's actually trust. It's actually mm -hmm. it, it is. Delegate. well, mm -hmm. and I see that you know where where I'm at as well. We have several leaders, lots of different skill sets, lots of different abilities, and the the leaders and the teams that seem to, from my opinion and my observations, thrive better are the ones where there's multiple people on the same page, multiple people with the similar knowledge, maybe not all the same knowledge, but similar knowledge, and can move forward together. Mm -hmm. working on their own separate project, but we're heading down that direction together. So we have to communicate mm -hmm. those things as mm -hmm. well as 
I have to allow them to one, learn from it because they can't be in my position next. Who's going to replace me. Right. If I don't give Mm -hmm. them that chance to fail and fail safely, but they Mm -hmm. also never get that experience of what does it look like? Do they have that confidence and they can't build that confidence if I would never give them a shot. And so delegating is so important, not Mm -hmm. only for that, but my mental health. Um, If I Mm -hmm. take it all on, I I just can't do it all. And then we're less successful as well because I'm now down and out because I can't handle it all. Right, exactly. Well, and and here's the other thing that, that people are often surprised when I say this because I'm very human touch and empathetic and and I talk about the personalities and the humanness of things but frankly from an accounting standpoint you have to delegate because you can't spend a hundred dollars an hour doing a twenty dollar an hour job and that sounds a little harsh sometimes but if you're standing at the copy machine and you're the CEO is that really the best use of your time right so (laughs) there's there's just some you know there's some really practical stuff here too Mm -hmm. um, in addition to you do have to have a balance in your life and don't get burnt out and all the things that you said. So mm, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We have some women who li- they're listening to this podcast. Uh, they might still be trying to figure out what their calling is. Uh, just the mm-hmm. other day I was talking to a woman who had been a stay at home mom for over 20 years. She mm-hmm. has a master's degree. She cannot seem to find a job. She keeps getting rejected. And after many applications, oh. she just feels so defeated. Um, she really is. She's just ready for the next chapter. She has a deep desire to build a better life. She has a desire. To, it's genuinely there. There are many out there like her. So for me, the, the vision statement that I have for my own business is to bring joy to the workplace. We, we tend to look at what we have or what we've done with more weight than what brings us joy. Ooh. And you have to first find your joy. So what is the thing that you will be excited to get up in the morning and do, and then go do that. It's, yes. it's yes. not simple. I mean, it's not easy, but it's simple. It's know your joy and go do that. And and do you have to get more education or change directions or give up on the experience you used to have or whatever? Yeah, maybe there is a gut reaction that people have it's instinctive, empathetic, we kind of read each other instinctively without conscious thought. And people yeah. know it when you're interviewing for something that isn't really what you want. They yes. know it. And yes. so the, the first decision is what will bring you joy? Because life is too short to do something you don't love. Wow. That's, you know what? That is so profound because I think you're right. I was listening to this lady talk. She's a good friend of mine. And she's like, well, I have all my experience in X, Y, Z. This is where my experience is. But yes. I wasn't sensing that sense of joy. It, you mm-hmm. know, it could be like, I love dogs and I want to be a dog walker because I just love dogs so much. And yeah. that brings me so much more joy mm-hmm. than, and, 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 and the reason I'm bringing that up is because there was a gentleman who started out walking dogs, but he was a CPA originally. And oh. he started walking those dogs as a little side business. And mm-hmm. then it grew into a humongous business. And where, that was his passion. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's he, he amazing. He went from you know, from like, Hey, I don't know if I love this too. Oh my gosh, this is making me so excited and so happy. And before mm-hmm. he knew it, he was making a thousand dollars a day walking dogs. Crazy. Wow. That's a really good story. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, wow, that's really neat. And he works seven days a week, but he said, I love it. It doesn't feel like seven days a week to me. Like, yeah, because this, it's, it's joy. Yeah. And that's it's like absolutely joy. joy. And I think you're, you've hit the nail on the head because 
people want to go back to their experience, this is why they put so much weight on it. And I never thought mm -hmm. of it that way until you said that. So uh -huh. fascinating. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Wow. And this discussion, I, you know, I wish we could go on and on an hour because I think all of us girls having coffee around a table, we would talk for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> but <laughs> podcasts do have to come to an end. So thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on, sharing your insight and just, you know what, having a good girl conversation. If mm -hmm. anyone would like to dig deeper, read more about Lisa, like I said earlier, we're going to put all the links in the description of this podcast. You can also, you can also go to abidingstrategy.com um, and look for Lisa Harrington on Amazon. You can find her books there. I'm Mentor Molly here with Laura Lemonade, and you have been listening to Level Up Your Life. Thanks for joining. Keep your eyes up because that's where it all is.